Welcome aboard. I'm Brad. I'm Eric. And I'm Scott. Welcome to My Ship Story Podcast. This is a podcast where we invite crew members, both past and present, to tell their stories about life at sea. So come up to the pool bar and grab a drink. Sit back, relax, because it's time for My Ship Ship Story. Story. (laughs) That was terrible. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of My Ship Story Podcast. We're all here well, no, we're not all here. Do you feel like something's missing, Scott? Feel like we're not quite got not all the pieces it. together? Who's, who's not here? Uh, I'm here. Okay. Well, all, it feels all the important it, people are here. Yeah, it feels weird <laughs> because uh, we're supposed to have uh, Eric with us, but um, he had to bail on us this morning. Uh, real estate real emergency. Estate. He always has these real estate emergencies. Real estate or crawling gotta, under under houses or something. Yeah, it's whatever always he, whatever. It's does. always something with that guy. Uh, hey, Scott, do you have anything you need to get in here before we bring in our guest? Uh, not that much. Just getting you know uh, starting to get ready for Thanksgiving, and um, um, actually today, I mean, this will come. Well, it's actually already live right. Right now but if you have paramount plus go see tulsa king um the tv show that just started uh today it's it's streaming currently right now this is the first season i've uh, i've got about five or six parts in it but tonight is the premiere and the screening of it there's a special engagement in tulsa and another one in oklahoma city so getting to go do a a uh, screening for tulsa king tonight at six o'clock so do you pretty fun do you have dialogue in it no I'm not Dang that it. important. No. Not, not that but, important. But we'll My, get to see you occasionally in there, right? I think so. I don't know what episode I'm in. I don't know how long how long the episodes are, but the uh should be able to, to uh, be seen in a couple of them. I had one fun part that uh, Sylvester Stallone is the star of this, and him and his date was walking right behind me and my date into this restaurant scene. I don't know. Look out for that when he's walking up the stairs in the restaurant because I'm the I'm the person right in front of him, like less than two feet in front of him. So I'm okay. I'm hoping I'm not all out of focus. So story <laughs> <laughs> of my life. Okay. All right. Well, let's. Uh, sounds like we're ready for our guest. This is a guest that we've been trying to get on for a while. We've had a couple of hiccups. Um, welcome to the podcast, James Horan. Thanks for being with us. Hi, uh, my name's James, and this is my ship story. <laughs> there you go. See? Way to get it in, way up front. Yeah, way to get it in. All right, well... I'm just reading off a script here, you know, that's it. Yeah, um, obviously, obviously you're coming uh, to us from the UK. Whereabouts are you? I'm in Leeds, uh, which is in okay. the in the north of england yeah 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 north yeah in yorkshire um, yeah kind of know we're about for, about where for some at. reason sherwood forest and robin hood came came to mind but i don't know where <laughs> no, i don't know no, where no, that no, is in england no, that's that's in the that's that's sort of in the midland what we call the midlands you know oh okay uh, it's, yeah. it's it's only about 100 miles away but in 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 english to or in british terms it's a long way you know okay yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, um, hey, uh, thanks for being with us again. Tell us a little bit about um, how you got started working on ships. My ship story begins really on dry land, as well. But I suppose like everybody, you know. So, yeah. Uh, uh, what happened was I was I was actually supposed to be going to work in Switzerland. This is way back in. 19, uh, 1988, before time began, really, you know, and uh, I was supposed to work in Sw- go to work in Switzerland. And unfortunately, the agency that I was going with, they messed up with the work permits. So I ended up uh, where I was working. I was actually working just south of London at the time. And I ended up coming back back home to Leeds. I was only 19. 
uh, at the time. I ended up coming back to Leeds to my parents' house. And I thought I'll stay there. I applied for a few jobs here and there. I, I'd forgotten about applying for a, to work on a on a cruise line. Anyway, I got I got a phone call from a French gentleman, and he said he asked me if in sort of uh, broken English, would I like to work on a ship? Yeah, I'd like to work on a ship. So I said this was on the this is a Tuesday in Feb, beginning of February in 1989. He uh, he said right. I said I need you in Paris on Sunday. Five days later, passport thousand pounds. So at the time it was like fifteen hundred dollars because I needed to buy a, at the time you had to buy a, an open ticket. So I had to buy an open ticket to Miami. The, the cruise ship, well, the company that I was going to didn't provide flights. So I mean things have you know radically changed now. But at the time you had to provide your own. Uh, yeah, that was that was, own, uh, that was pretty common, especially they wanted to they wanted you to buy the ticket uh, crew, especially um, officers. We didn't mess with around with this too much, but crew, especially they wanted you to have that ticket. So in case they fired you, they didn't have to buy a plane ticket for you yeah, to send you yeah. home. <laughs> yeah. And, and also you might come across people who, you know, they quit after a week. So. Yeah, you know they're going home. You know, so anyway, there were two things I, I didn't have. I didn't have any money, and I didn't have a passport at the time. Or oh, my passport had run out. That was it. Uh-oh. So in five days, I had to raise thousand pounds a passport and get a passport. And at the t- and also getting a passport was sort of reasonably difficult because I you couldn't get a passport in the post so quick. You had to go to the passport office. So that was over in Liverpool. Fortunately, my stepfather he stepped in and helped me get the passport. So we went, we drove over to that, over to Liverpool, got the passport, said to the bank, said, "Look, I, I want to go work on a ship in America. I need to borrow two thousand pounds." At the time, the bank it was more more of a, a personal service you got with the bank, and the bank they knew my parents. So they said, okay, we'll lend you two thousand pounds. By on the Sunday, I, I flew to Paris. Met the guy on the. So Wait, we uh, was this uh, uh, like through an agency that you got the? Yeah, position? yeah. It was an agency. Okay, it, was a, it wasn't directly with the cruise line. No, it was an okay. agency for uh, the company who supplied the service personnel, food and beverage, and housekeeping. Yeah. I gave him my money for my ticket because he said, "I need your money to go get the ticket, okay, and the and your passport, okay." So I gave him my money and my passport. I've never, I've only ever spoken to him once on the phone before, Ooh. and uh, anyway, he came back with the ticket and my passport, and then we had to go to the U.S. Embassy on the Tuesday to get my Siemens visa, a C one D. It was called at the time. I don't know if it's still that now. Yeah, uh, it is. yeah. and uh, so I get my Siemens visa on the Tuesday. Yeah, on the Tuesday, and then uh, we flew to Miami on the Wednesday. That was uh, a bit of a sh- a bit of a shock, to be honest. Just from leaving the airport into humidity of eighty percent was, uh, you know, immediately a sweat. All the liquid leaves your body, you know, and it's like, wow, this is hot. You know, <laughs> I mean, I- I'd been on holiday before, but. I hadn't ex- sort of experienced that the humidity that that flying into Miami, Miami it's a hundred degrees, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, it, yeah. and you're like, it, it's it's a shock yeah. because you're leaving what you're leaving Paris in February, where I'm sure it's probably pretty cold. Yeah, and yeah arriving was, in Miami. Uh, yeah, that's it. We were being put up by the uh, the, the company in a in a hotel on. Uh, if you know, I don't know if you know Miami, but on 
Biscayne Boulevard, which is uh, in downtown Miami. And at the time, it was sort of at the end, towards the end of the uh, sort of uh, the Miami Vice time, you know. They, they were still having the, it was still cocaine, cocaine season in Miami. A completely different place to what I remember when I first went. It was quite, it was quite a scary place when I went. The first evening, there was, there was a place called, there was a place and quite a new marina complex called Bayside at the time. We ended up in a Brazilian bar, girls on roller skates bringing out cocktails with pineapples. And it was just like, obviously for a 19-year-old first time, nice. it, was, it was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we got absolutely trashed. <laughs> on that night, on our first night, so we rolled back at three o'clock in the morning, and just that was that. So went went you, to sleep. You are you are you are setting tradition because uh, <laughs> we have a lot of stories that uh, kind of start out that way. Uh, I I go to Miami, I'm staying a night in the hotel, and I go out and I get hammered. <laughs> And yeah. then try and make my way to the ship the next morning, hungover yeah. as hell. <laughs> so on the Friday, I was on board a ship. We were driven up to Cape Canaveral oh. uh, or to Port Canaveral. We all joined Premier Cruise Lines, and it was uh, we were all went on board the Oceanic. Premier, and that, that, the, that, so the, that was the, the big red boat. They renamed it the Big Red Boat after they lost their contract with Disney, for say, oh. and then or, or the I think. Oh, after I after I left anyway, it wasn't called the Big Red Boat then. They were just called the, the Starship Oceanic and the Starship Atlantic, and they had the they had another boat called the Starship uh, Majestic. I mentioned this before, but I'm going to get it in again. That was my my first cruise was on the Oceanic, and really? that's exact that's exactly what we did. We it was our senior trip. It was 1985, and we went down to. Uh, Disney World and did the package. Yeah. You know, you go to Disney World right. and then you go and yeah, yeah. take a three or it was probably the three day cruise that we went to the Bahamas and back. And yeah, that's pretty was, fun. Good. Yeah. What was your position? What did you go on? When as? I when I went on, I went on as bus boy. Uh-huh. Uh, a bus boy is a very specialist position. A good bus boy can earn more than a good waiter. Really? You know, but I, I've I've worked with some bus boys who are just mesmerizingly efficient you have to be very efficient to be but as a waiter you have to be very good at communicating you know i i remember the you know going to the dining room and it was awesome the waiters were fantastic i mean it, it, this was back in the days when they really entertained you know, it, it, they, they, they work, you know, all, all of their stuff was tips. And so they really worked yeah. for it. Yeah. Because back there then, was a lot of, have, you know, the tips weren't included and they had to, the bar staff and the waiters had to work for that. So they had to, you know, they had all the jokes, they had all the entertainment, they spun the trays, they, they knew who you were and they, you know, it was uh it was a whole entertaining thing. Yeah. yeah were, was, you, were you one of the few um, uh, British? Because it seems like there was a lot of Portuguese in the dining room, maybe maybe yeah. Italians. Well, when I, when I went on uh, for the first month, the, I didn't, I just, I, I found that I, it was a real struggle, to be honest, just, just, just to acclimatize to the different way of working, the, the amount of work that you had to do seven days a week, had to do breakfast and breakfast and dinner and some lunches and then some midnight buffets and and also you know the the oceanic wasn't the newest type. i mean the oceanic was built in 1965 and so down below i was sharing a, a cabin with three other guys you know there was one guy <laughs> a portuguese guy and he used to 
He used to wake up and he was like, uh, if you imagine somebody who'd been drinking, somebody who smoked a lot and drank a lot of brandy. And then in the morning, basically, he had to clear it all out of his lungs. So he spent 45 minutes doing that. That was our wake-up uh, call in the morning. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Every every morning, it was just, you know, oh, no. shocking. And then you have, there were lots of uh, cockroaches down below. So you, oh, you all no. Had, there were lots of roach, mo- we had like what we call roach motels <laughs> that we used to put under our beds and things like that. And, oh, and they were cut, shared, you had communal showers. And it was like, I suppose maybe it was, similar to being in the army you know or something like that you know now when you uh were promoted to waiter did you did your living quarters change or same room yeah or? yeah I, I ended i not not that day but the i think it was a the following cruise, I was in a cabin for two. Yeah, I mean, I did shuffle around a few cabins. Unfortunately, because... it was your one roommate was the hacking guy, though. So. <laughs> well, no, 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 it wasn't. No, well, <laughs> no, I've got. I had a few. I had a few interesting roommates, and then uh, fine, sort of. A, and then I ended up with a guy who's still one of my best friends now, an Irish guy, uh, as known as the fish, basically on board from. He's from Dublin, but he was. He lives in Sweden. He's, he's lived in Sweden for thirty years now. But uh, anyway, but be, before that, there was there were a few other guys. Uh, but I just go back back to check. Being becoming a waiter was just oh, it was like a, it was like I was able to do what I was not necessarily born to do, but I was able to do what I could do well. You know, communicate with the customers. But also just be able to talk and, you know, I like meeting new people, different people. And it's, I find it very interesting. Being a busboy, you don't get to meet anybody, really. You get to say good evening and good night and that's it. You know, yeah. but being a waiter, you get to... What they did also, before, about their life. And yeah. Maybe yeah, uh, and you let, know, ask one of the bit. chicks back to your cabin or... Never, never, <laughs> never would I admit to that, ever. You get, you get fired, you know. <laughs> if you get caught anyway yeah well hey i never do got you, fired do you want to tell us a ship story now do you have a story that ship you want to st- tell us like something yeah, that uh, happened to you well so maybe I've, something I've got- let me hey let me mention here james has written a book and that's why we got him on here is because he's written a book called cruise line <laughs> confidential let's hear a couple of stories from the book confidential maybe. stories because i, I mean, think there's the book- some some racy stuff in there right <laughs> I'm trying to think, you know, I'm trying to think what, what, what let it out, James, me. let it out. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just trying to pick, pick statue of limitations has, has, has passed. I, I, yeah. That, I, that's it. I mean, it's, it's not, I'm, I'm not bothered about that. It's just picking, picking the right stuff, picking a story, you know, two of the guys pivotal to the book where a guy called Mick the Fish O'Connell who lives in Sweden now and then Tony Tony Harrison who was known as a boy I was known as uh, Mr Bollocks basically because I was just full of well at the time we, we used to go around the dining room people used to go around the dining room shouting bollocks all the time because uh, the, I don't think it had really got across the Atlantic the word you know so we just had to be careful if any English passengers were on because <laughs> English passengers we but we didn't get that many, and we used to. One of the things we used to do, and the dining room manager was quite happy with it. We used to draw straws to, for the English passengers because we didn't want them because they were terrible tippers. You see, so uh, if you 
if you got a short straw and you got the English passengers, it's not good, you know. It was just ah, yeah. so you and because you weren't allowed to tell people about the tipping system, you know, it, it was a, it was a sackable crime soliciting for tips. English people they, they weren't aware, you know. I we used to get paid fifty dollars a month, you know, that was our salary. You fifty dollars a month. Uh, yeah. Tell when you're comfortable with some something that you can tell easily without. I'm I mean, I'm I'm comfortable with telling all of any, anything. Okay, really. okay, just, all right, go, just, go ahead. Uh, it's just that there's, there's that many who uh, who are, you know, uh, on your friends and stuff. Like, was there any like ladies man who because we know like the waiters were notorious on 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 various cruise lines were just kind of you know would lean over and tell and tell a lady at the table hey here's my cabin number be there you know 30 minutes after dinner it's funny you should say that because i was talking to a i was uh texting with an old turkish friend of mine who lives in he lives in florida because a lot of the time you might get just families on your table so but then sometimes you might get a, a party of ladies on your table if you got a party of ladies on your table the first waiters over who would come around your table would be would be the turkish guys you know, and they were, it was like uh, called a chapter in my book, the the rutting season, because it was like uh, it was like <laughs> stags coming over. You had to force them away to keep them away from your station. You know, come and take what's left, but don't don't interrupt straight away on the first because on a, on a short cruise, on a four day cruise, you you've got to work quickly, got to work you know? pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we were having a laugh over the tech texts and just talking about those things that happened you know so how'd you do it how was your how was your move was it similar just like hey um you want to you want to meet me here or let's meet there or how how's it how did how did you work it the first time i had a coming together with a passenger was i was uh i'd only been i'd only been a waiter for about a a week actually or wow. 10 day, or 10 days so it was only it was only my third cruise as a waiter uh I told her oh I'll meet you up on deck I didn't want to I didn't want to get caught this so I'll meet you up on deck because it's it was quiet so I went I didn't really I still didn't know the ship that well so I buy a new where to where to meet and we we sort of went on the there's like a promenade deck where people go for walks on the morning so I, I met her up there and uh, we had a little tete-a-tete I would say right next to this porthole that was oh and uh and i looked into this portal and while while this lady was uh sort of helping me off with my uh trousers i noticed i was right next to the captain's cabin <laughs> so and i could see, <laughs> and the captain was inside having a having a late night tipple you know i could just reach i could if i just stretched my head above i could just see him and and i it was like it was like he was <laughs> He was there in the room with us, you know, and I, I just, uh, I said, look, I've got to go. I said, I can't, I can't do it. It's like, it's like my, it's like my father's watching me, you know. So I, uh, I, had, to, I had to put that off, but then I did, I, I built up the courage and we met her up again the, the following night, you know. Uh, but uh, the following night was, we were, we used to, we used to have overnights in uh, Nassau. You get there on a, a Tuesday afternoon or Saturday afternoon, and then you'd be overnight to the, Wednesday or the Sunday afternoon. I remember we went down to a place called called Mystique down on Cable Cable Beach, I think it was called. And we used to go there a lot. And so you you could take you meet up with the passenger, you know, you meet up with the passengers there. And then you could have a drink and you could relax and then go out on the sunbeds out the back and and then you, you could go back to your friends and say, Right, okay, where are we going now? You know, and sort of leave them on the sunbed, you know, and say 
don't, don't forget to get a taxi back to the ship. <laughs> that was always so amazing. So, like, you know, it's one thing for like on a, on a seven day or like a longer cruise where you had time to kind of hone your craft and, you know, you know, you got a couple of days to, you know, to, to, to pick a passenger out and kind of, you know, slide in there or whatever. But the, the guys and stuff that would do that on a three and four day cruise, it's like, I, I, I was like, wow. And then you hear, you know, like the, there's a couple of Turkish waiters and stuff that I knew that they were in the first night, they've already picked, you know, who, who they are kind of honing in on. And by the second night they were, they just physically, they would just tell them, here's the cabin number, go to this cabin number, or here's my, here's the key to my cabin, go and let yourself in. I'll be there after I clean up, you know? Uh, I was like, wow, how does that? And, and, and the girls were like, okay, sure. And they, I guess they would go in there and sit and wait for them to, to get in there. <laughs> the speed of that is just mind boggling. Uh, I shared a cabin on that ship with a, for only for a few weeks. Cause I couldn't, I couldn't cope for any longer. And he was uh, for a Jamaican guy and he was a bus boy. He was the laziest, the laziest bus boy we, you would ever meet. He would, uh, if you had, if you want, he would come and sing a song for your passengers. He was a, he had a fantastic singing voice, but also he was a, a different passenger to to the cabin every single night, every night, different passenger. All right. Because he would go, he would get, he would finish work, he would go, he would get changed, and he would go to the disco. So he got, he'd just go, he, he didn't care, he would just go to the disco. Really? Go to the disco. He obviously yeah. wasn't allowed in there. He would just go. No, that's yeah. he's got some that's ballsy right there. Yeah, yeah. Every night, and he would so he would bring. A different how did people not the- know? How did how did he not get caught? Because uh, the the oceanic wasn't that big. I mean, you get no. to know everybody. Yeah, but I, the thing and is, the security rule- guys were all hip to that. Like they, yeah, they but knew who rules, was who. You see, now you can't you can't get away with anything now. If you did something that was against the rules, you would get what was called, uh, like for example, we used to. Uh, break into the ice machines because we, if we were having a party we'd have a big party and we'd we'd need a lot of ice now they used to lock up the ice machines because they used to rotate rotate the ice machines in the in the uh, in the bar areas so that the ice wouldn't all get used up because we went through a lot of ice you know so they need to restock so they would but on a night they would all get locked up one and one night we got caught breaking into a we got what was called a yellow warning. If you've got three yellow warnings in a year, you'll get fired. I was there just about a year, and I, I got nine yellow warnings for, thing, for things like that, you know, things like what that. A, what a thing to tell your friends and family at home <laughs> that you got fired for breaking into an ice machine. You were, you, know? you were at that time, well, at least this time, you were kind of sort of the end of that sort of Wild West period where – before that, just before that, anything goes. They encouraged people to fraternize with the passengers. And then just kind of when you started, that's kind of when they started like, oh, we shouldn't let the crew mix with the passengers. Yeah, We're yeah, getting some possibly. lawsuits, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, there was, but yeah. it was still it was still loose. It was still loosey goosey. It, it wasn't it wasn't just that. I mean, it was just it was the, the crew, you know, just generally. Uh, it was all called mafia business. Now, the dining room manager, I know how much because I, I, I used to do sort of the ledger. I was a, I was I was sort of Al Capone's ledger man basically for a little while as to do the ledger for the for the dining room. But it, it gave me a lot of perks. I never had to do a midnight buffet. I never had to work 
I only had to work two lunches a week, so I got plenty of time off. But uh, what happened was the dining room manager used to buy beer from the bar manager at 50 cents a bottle. The bar manager had already bought this beer from a black market guy on shore at 25 cents a bottle. And this is bottles of Beck's or Heineken and things like that. And then he would sell, the dining room manager would sell it to us for a dollar a bottle. Now a dollar for a bottle of Beck's, we were earning six, seven, eight thousand dollars a week in tips. So we, we didn't, we didn't, it, it didn't matter, you know. Now the dining room manager also, if you worked a midnight buffet, you were supposed to get paid. But instead of getting paid, he would give you a lunch a lunch off or if you were in port he'd give you the port off and things so he collected the money you just had to sign for it and he'd collect it was only $25 here $25 there but as I said there were 90 dining room staff so there was a lot of $25 mm. and the dining room manager used to earn from his black market money probably $10,000 a month wow. back in 19 yeah, yeah you know and the 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 head waiters would get would be earning five thousand a month, yeah. and uh, which was fine. Nobody minded. Everybody and, and all and all cash know. back then. There was no yeah, supercharge. There yeah. was no, no, no onboard credit. It was everything no. was all cash. And if didn't want- didn't the dining room manager and the head waiters didn't they kind of have a little thing where if you um if you wanted a day off if you wanted this if you wanted that didn't they you know accept a, a gratuity to uh, maybe provide well, you with special service uh, is that <laughs> i i never paid directly for that oh, okay not to a di- not to a dining room manager on later cruises i paid to uh with royal caribbean i i you know you could pay somebody to work for you you could pay another waiter to work for it but uh i mean also on there i used to have a guy who used to fold all my napkins because i was uh i just wanted to party basically anytime i wasn't working i wanted to party I didn't want to fold my napkins. I didn't want, I wanted my cabin clean. He used to clean my cabin every day. I had clean sheets every day. I'd have, he'd fill up my igloo with ice every day because in, in the in the cabin. And uh, I used to pay him $100 a week because I was earning, say, seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollars a week. So it didn't matter. Okay. Is there another story that you want to get in before we wrap things up? Maybe something from a different yes. cl- cruise yeah, line? Almost, sorry, one of the evenings. Mick, Mick I don't the fish. Know if you remember the Oceanic. Yeah, yeah, Mick <laughs> the fish. So he was he was always he was a very fast waiter. He would always be one of the first in the galley for your mate, for his main courses. How uh, he, he spent very little time with his passengers. He didn't care. He'd tell them a few jokes. He was just one of these guys who was incredibly funny guy. He would make his passengers laugh twice a night and they'd tip him really well and uh, we all loved him for it as well. Anyway, so this this particular evening I'm walk. I, I'd gone into the galley and I'd come out with my uh, my tray with my main courses. It was Italian night. I had twenty main courses on my tray, and I was just walking by the pianist. who was a Canadian guy who was uh, generally uh, stoned on marijuana, but he was a very good pianist. And he used to sell. He used to sell fake fake Rolexes and uh, from <laughs> inside his. Uh, you know, inside his jacket, you go up to him. People go up to him on a. He sold it, sold it to the crew, you know. And he would. Uh, people go up to him before dinner, and he'd, he'd open his jacket out like this, you know. And he'd all have just a, a dodgy guy, you know, but a nice guy. Just, just about at the piano, and Mick was, and he was in the wrong place. He had his back. He wasn't anywhere near his station, and he had his back to me. And I shouted, Mick, what you do? I shouted, Mick, what you do it? But shouted it, and he turned around, and his arm was flailing. 
So his arm was his arm was out, and he as as he turned around, he wasn't aware, and he hit this old lady on the back of the head. She was wearing a wig. The wig fell off into a minestrone soup, <laughs> and she <laughs> she's in tears. And I at the time just because just that and carrying a tray with all these main courses is quite precarious. So you had to be careful, and you had to. You know, but my sort of legs buckled slightly and I ended up throwing all 20 main courses <laughs> over the pianist. Very stoned and he's he's scooping off the steak and spaghetti and really off the and fish and just scooping it off the piano with his hands. And I said, Dan, I said, I'm so, so sorry. I said, I'll explain later. And he just looked at me and he said, don't worry, man, it's cool. And he just started playing the piano again. Wow. And then, you know, and that that is a tiny, tiny, tiny story. Did you ever almost miss the ship anywhere? I never missed the ship, but I knew I knew of people who did miss the ship. In, did you in, ever in almost Nassau. miss the ship? No, no, never. I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah. And did they you, come back uh, out, did you, know? you guys, like, we've had stories with other waiters and stuff from cruise lines and stuff. Did you guys used to steal each other's forks or, or silver? Oh, yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah, yeah. Teaspoons. Teaspoons were uh, the the thing that you'd have in teaspoons were you 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 wouldn't put teaspoons on the table. You put the teaspoons in your pocket. You know we used to we used to keep our teaspoons in our pocket. But there was a guy that you would you would sometimes you would you would pick up a side plate or a, a saucer or a cup from somebody's table. But it was okay. Everybody did it. So I suppose it, it went round in a in a rotation. So it wasn't an issue really. Yeah. But there were some guys who who were really bad at it. And then they'd take, they'd just take all your side plates and you'd be short a side plate. There was one guy, he was a Tunisian guy. Uh, it was, it was, it was a very rude guy just to everybody, including passengers. And I've seen him, I've seen him shout at passengers many times, but we, uh, we decided to get him back. So we come back, we'd been out all night in, in Nassau and we came back and we, we went to the dining room and we decided to, play a play a trick on him so we we got we, we were we were quite drunk and we we went to the dining room went to his station and we just got a uh we got a pastry brush from the kitchen and got some uh maple syrup and we we on the bottom of all his plates and saucers put maple syrup all over them and all his cutlery couldn't see it but obviously everything was stuck to the table <laughs> so when he came in we were just waiting for the the shouting to start 15 minutes to seven and the shouting started everybody just started laughing because everybody knew what was going on hey um before we go i want to ask you a question what made you decide to write the book i've only written half of it so i've written it but it's only half the story i always enjoyed english at school and uh so i sat down and i thought right i'll just write lots of notes I had a word processor. I just sat down every Monday and I wrote a chapter every Monday. Cool. Because I had the day off. I, when uh, I could do, when do you think your book is going to be out or when you're going to be done? Well, I own oh, the book. The first part of the book, the first, the first part of the book is done. It's not, it's not being edited properly. I put it up for sale on, I got offered a deal. I sent off loads and loads of, of uh, manuscripts to lots of book agents. And oh, one, one got back to me and said, we'd like to meet up. So we met up and he said, yeah, we'd like to offer you a deal. So I offered me a deal. And I thought, right, if one's going to offer me a deal, somebody else will offer me a deal. So I declined the deal. <laughs> I'm good enough to get a better deal than that. So I, so I waited and waited. I didn't get a better deal. I went back to them and they said, no, sorry, we've, we've decided to move on now. I'm doing that. <laughs> 
so that was that so i put i know i know exactly but you know so i I published i published it myself through uh lulu.com and so i suppose it's a a vanity publishing thing i sold about three thousand. i think that's not too shabby and i know and there's a lot of typos in it as well because i didn't edit it properly you know (laughs) but uh it's okay you get the the, I, i i told people you get the typos for free so it's like you know, it's like a bonus. Well, yeah, you can get the book at uh, James book at lulu.com. And also that is where um, Micah Berman's book is too. Uh, you two guys, Micah Berman and you are uh, both have books about uh, what it's like to work on a cruise ship there on Lulu. So go there and get it. Well, James, we're about out of time. <laughs> so we're going to wrap it up there. Is there anything that you want to leave us with? Like, what? Do you think working on ships, you know, changed your life? Was it was it for the better? Oh, without a shadow of a doubt, it was a, it was it was fantastic. I have met the my, some of my best friends that I've kept for forever. One of my main things was to travel up the Amazon. I got to travel up the Amazon, been to all the fantastic places. The Oceanic was the best place I have ever worked in my entire life. Just for just for the sort of eleven months I was there, it was the greatest eleven months work-wise of my life it was just fantastic and how you know, long and were was, you how long did you work on ships all together four years okay. overall where would you say your favorite your favorite or least favorite port my least my least favorite port was probably other than uh, no it was martinique wasn't very nice i think i thought it'd be a lot nicer than it was but also i liked ocho rios I had some fantastic times in Ocherios. I used to go there when I was with Majesty on the Majesty of the Seas. I used to go there on a Thursday. Oh wait, uh, wait, wait, wait! Whoa, you whoa, whoa. were whoa, whoa, whoa. You were on the Majesty when? What year? Do you uh, remember? Nineteen ninety-two to nineteen ninety-three. Oh man, we were there together. We were there together. You're joking. I brought no. that out in 1992 with the other guy that's not here, Eric. And then sorry, Brad what 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 did you do? Can I ask you what you did? Uh, I was backstage. Uh, we we worked backstage in all the shows. Really? Yeah. yeah. Because uh, that that well that year, you see, I got to meet two. There were two guys who came on board on the shows. Uh, two of my sort of well, one of my comedy heroes, and some guy who I just admired for his. Uh, drinking uh so there was that uh dean martin came on board that year when i was on board and i was a nice I, I like served jerry lewis and I, dean martin and jerry lewis was on yeah oh yeah yeah i was uh, on yeah. that cruise yeah because he was the biggest jerk on the planet i asked for him at dinner at dinner time i didn't I, but he was all right with me you know they, yeah. they were they were both really good with me at the, at the at dinner i mean i had to i had to look after other people as well you know but i looked after them as well and who was the who was the other comedy uh comedy guys you said it wasn't sorry no there was just jerry lewis and there was uh dean martin who i got to meet you know okay. i didn't know i didn't know dean martin came on board he, he didn't did he not no, they hated each other. They had a big falling out, so they had nothing to do with each other. But oh, it, no, was, no, only, on it was only it was only Jerry Lewis. But the the Martin that was on at that time was Jeff Martin. He was the cruise director. No, no, he's talking about two different times. Scott, did Dean Martin come on when Jerry Lewis didn't come? No, 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 they didn't come on together. They came on separate times. Well, that oh. was cool. I have I've ne- I've never I've not heard that. I thought he died uh, before all that, but that would be cool. I would love 
to have met Dean Martin. Oh, was that another town somewhere else? <laughs> you know, everything's in blur. Exactly. Hey, it's hey. been a long time ago. Well, so, hey, hey, we're gonna wrap. We're gonna wrap it up sorry, there, James. Dude. We've recorded right. uh, for about um, all the all the time that we have. Otherwise, it, the editing gets unbearable and and the shows get too long. I so uh, we are going to call it there. Thank you so much yeah. for coming on the show and telling us your no ship stories. We appreciate it. Uh, and go uh, go look for James's book on lulu.com and um, have a read. Thank nice you. to meet you. Thanks for coming on. Oh, it's all right. Anytime. I got more. <laughs> all right. Great. All right. Great. Yeah, we yeah, might hit you up in the future. Yeah. Okay. All right. Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. Bye. See ya. Awesome. Well, some good stories. That's so yeah. fun that he was on uh, with uh, Jerry Lewis. That was uh, that was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was an uh, interesting cruise. That's crazy. I didn't. I didn't imagine that he was still hanging around when we were. I, I actually, I say we were on the ship together. It would have been you. You and Eric definitely would have been there. Mm-hmm. And I, but I think I just missed him because I don't think I got to the Majesty until ninety four. One, like Eric always says, one degree of separation. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Hey everyone, the ship is about to set sail, which brings us to an end for today. We hope that you enjoy the podcast. For bonus audio and if you would like to see this podcast and video, please visit our YouTube channel, My Ship Story. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram as My Ship Story. Don't forget to let us know if you're a past or present crew member and if you have a story that you would like to tell or if you'd like, you can email us your story for us to read on the air. Email us at myshipstorypodcast at yahoo.com. That's my ship story podcast at yahoo.com. Goodbye for now, and be sure to tune in next week, same time, as we'll have a new podcast every Monday. Bon voyage!